You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Scott Thomas. He is Genetech's National Director of Sales for Signature Brands in the United States. Genetech Inc. is an innovative technology company with broad solutions portfolio that encompasses security, intelligence, and operations. In this role, Scott and his team are responsible for sales to the retail, financial, hospitality, gaming, and cannabis verticals via Genetech's network of system integration partners. The company was founded in 1997 and headquartered in Montreal, Canada, and serves customers in over 80 countries. Welcome to the the show, Scott. Well, thanks, Bethany. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Let's begin by getting to know you a little bit better. Let's learn a bit about your background, what kinds of work you've been doing over the years before moving into working with cannabis in any way. Well, sure. Well, first off, I've uh, been in the physical security industry now for almost 30 years. So I guess uh, that kind of dates me uh, a a little bit for the audience, but uh, had a lot of experience. I started off uh, with a company uh, for almost 16 years that focused primarily on retail security. So all aspects of that uh, to include, you know, stopping shoplifting, internal theft, burglaries, um, you know, logistics, supply chain management. So I was pretty well versed uh, within that industry. And uh, then uh, 14 years ago, uh, I was lucky enough to find Genetech and I guess maybe they were lucky enough to find me and uh, we uh, we began uh, you know, uh, 
working with uh, with the retail uh, group first, and then that expanded out to financial, uh, the hospitality folks to include everything from uh, you know fast food restaurants to resorts and hotels, uh, which naturally led into gaming and. and uh, uh, now here in the past uh, couple of years, as the cannabis market's taken off, uh, they put that under my responsibility because, you know, there's frankly a lot of things that transcend uh, those uh, those other vertical markets that go hand in hand with cannabis. But cannabis is also unique, right? And uh, as a regulated market, I'm, I've got quite a bit of experience now working with those. So I think I've got, uh, you know, a pretty good uh, handle on on what it takes to uh, to help these folks, uh, you know, make their business successful. Gotcha. Yeah, the retail industry seems pretty standard. You know, you think mm-hmm. of clothing stores and fast food restaurants and everything in between. But mm-hmm. thinking about the gaming industry, that is uh, a sector that has many, many, many more regulations that... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they're similar to cannabis, but probably are leading toward the very, very regulated type of world. So, um, you know, what made you want to work in the the cannabis side of things? Did you have any hesitation considering it's still federally illegal? Yeah, so no, no hesitations at all. Uh, As a matter of fact, to the contrary, uh, I specifically requested this be assigned its own vertical and to to fall underneath my group as signature brands. And uh, uh, I'm going to start using bad puns now. We see it as an incredible growth opportunity, and we're really high <laughs> on the potential of the cannabis market. Um, you know, so, some big things are happening uh, right now, uh, Bethany. Uh, obviously, uh, in Senate, uh, a bill was just introduced uh, last week uh, to decriminalize um, cannabis on a, on a nationwide level. And I see that just absolutely expanding out. I see states uh, treating it much like they treated gaming, um, you know, 20 years ago, uh, as uh, you know, you began to see both, uh, uh, you know, private companies opening, you know, the riverboat casinos in, in various states, and you saw the uh, proliferation of, uh, of tribal gaming. And you're, you're, you're spot on when you talk about regulation in gaming. Um, they have their own unique structure, um, a lot of similarities there, uh, but also the financial industry is heavily regulated, um, especially with regards to things like data security. Right. Uh, so, again, a lot of uh, good uh, experience that that transcends over to the uh, to the cannabis uh, states. Uh, one of the things that obviously unique too, and that is that all the states basically set their own regulations. And uh, that's something that you see in, in the gaming uh, world quite a bit. And so uh, you have to have quite a bit of flexibility to be able to, uh, to help the operators uh, and, you know, as well as the casinos and all those different states meet those individual regulations. You betcha. One thing the gaming industry and cannabis certainly have in common currently is loads of cash. There's a lot of cash floating around in both industries, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, anytime you're dealing with, uh, you know, hard currency, right, that presents its own unique set of, of, uh, of challenges. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, things like 
how burglary, burglary, excuse me, armed robbery, um, you know, employee theft. Um, there has to be ways to detect these things, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Ways to get immediate notification, you know, if something uh, bad is happening. Ways to be able to go back and audit and uh, and find if there's fraudulent transactions coming in. And with the requirements on the cannabis industry, especially, um, you know, with regards to uh, to knowing, you know, what inventories on hand, being able to track it from from seed all the way through sale, being able to correlate who the buyers are, uh, making sure they're presenting proper identification, making sure they're not buying more than they're supposed to on a specific day, mm -hmm. or to the flip side in the uh, the states where it's uh, still uh, medicinal only, making sure that the the prescriptions are are you know not fraudulent, making sure that again they're they're following what the prescribed purchase dosage is. So. Being able to tie all of that together with video, as well as the other uh, physical security disciplines, access control, intrusion, it's really important and important to have the right system that can help them uh, them accomplish this. Yeah, yeah, that all makes sense. And and before um, we learn more about you and your company, uh, quick question: Do, Does the gaming industry, and I think the answer is yes, but you probably know. Do, do those companies also have to submit what's called suspicious activity reports, SARS, uh, when they do have um, a relationship with a financial institution? That's something that the cannabis industry is facing when they are banked. Those banks are submitting those SARS reports alongside all the transactions. Do you, do you have any insight into that? Um, I, with regards to that, I really don't um, specifically if, if they're having to, um, you know, make that type of report. I will say that um, from a disclosure standpoint for gaming, you know, um, there are some fairly stringent regulations with regards to known criminal enterprises. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot, of course, a lot of that goes back to the 50s, right, uh, uh, in, in the start of, uh, of the casino world. But uh, mm -hmm. there is a, a, a quite a bit of scrutiny with regards to the background checks on employees, quite a bit of uh, scrutiny with regards to uh, the cash handling relationships mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, folks that, that may be barred from casinos, uh, believe it or not, that that happens, uh, you know, from time to time as well. And, you know, <laughs> when you're a casino operator, right, those are all things that you, uh, you, you want to know about, right. And, yeah. you know, again, video helps them, uh, you know, understand that if, uh, if there's any cheating going on. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, before we take our first commercial break, uh, you're working with with this company, Genetech. You've been mm -hmm. there, did you say 14 years? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 14 well, years. Yeah. Tell us more about your role and, and what's going on with the company and and what you're looking forward to uh, as we continue on post pandemic. Oh, okay, sure. Um, so I, I think you mentioned in your introduction, Genetech's been around since 1997. Um, we're the oldest uh, and now uh, globally the largest uh, provider of open architecture video management in the world. And uh, you know, when I started 14 years ago, we also uh, began our own project to build from the ground up our access control platform. And now, 14 years later, we're the number two um, open architecture access control uh, provider in the world. So uh, the company has just grown. Uh, it's a great culture um, in terms of, uh, you know, how we look at employees and how we look at our customers uh, as, as partners. Uh, we're innovative. It's, it's uh, a lot more of a, a, 
a Silicon Valley type mindset, right? And and software design and 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 uh, how we 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 really nurture uh, ideas, right? And and we listen to the customers and build the the solutions like that. It's it's not the old school security of hey, we're going to build this product and you know here it is. You guys figure out how to use it. So uh, it's really an exciting company to be with, and I think our growth and uh, uh, our performance have really proven out that uh, that that culture is what works. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate your membership with NCIA. There's there's certainly um, a lot going on with our industry, and, and it certainly helps to have insight from from these other sectors like retail, hospitality, and and gaming as well. All right, let's take our first commercial break, and we'll be right back to chat more with Scott Thomas from Genetech. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, if you're just now joining us, and I'm talking with Scott Thomas from Genetech, and I'd like to dive into talking about the current state of the security industry from your perspective as it relates to cannabis, which includes retail stores, cultivation facilities, manufacturing facilities for those delicious edible gummies we all like. Um, what is the lay of the land, generally speaking, for security in cannabis? Well, I think, um, as I mentioned in my last segment, um, regulations, right, uh, within every state are a little bit different. Um, some of them are, you know, fairly loosely written, other are incredibly stringent. Um, so what you really see is, uh, you know, there, there are three things that uh, in the physical security world, world that are, are germane to, to every state, and that's you've got to have video, you've got to have access control, you've got to have intrusion alarm uh, monitoring. Uh, and then from there, the regulations uh, really expand to, uh, to being incredibly stringent. Um, like, for example, we've got, uh, you know, customers that are out in California, where if a, a camera goes offline, right, uh, the, uh, the regulators in that particular county need to be immediately uh, notified. Um, that same county also requires that at any given time, um, any of their regulators would have access to be able to look at any camera in that organization. And so that would be, you know, all the way from the cultivation where, you know, the growing facility is to the production area where the, the, the product is finished, packaged, or, or converted into those gummy bears that you mentioned everybody loves to the retail floor, right? To being able to see what product is behind the shelf, 
Um, you've got to be able to, in, in some cases, uh, uh, show an inventory, a daily inventory of everything within the enterprise, right? Uh, every plant would have to have a, uh, an RFID tag on it um, so that that could be tracked throughout the entire supply chain. Everything that's packaged has a barcode on it, and that has to be a daily inventory. And then your point of sale would have to correlate what's being sold to that inventory. And if there's discretion, well, again, that's something that gets flagged and requires immediate investigation as well as a, uh, uh, a resolution that's given to those state regulators. Um, from the recording side, um, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, at, at minimum, at minimum, 30 days retention on prem with backup. Um, as being a standard across most of the states, but going up to as high as six months of recorded video. So that again, anytime, again, if there was a discrepancy on, you know, either product missing or maybe somebody coming in and, and purchasing under a, a false ID, that they could go back and identify that. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, it, it's very, very stringent. Um, and wow. compliance is, is, you know, I, I got to emphasize this compliance isn't something that, uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, get, get a pass on, right? I mean, first time we're seeing fines, you know, in the 25,000 and up range and course leading to suspension or loss of uh of license for not mm. uh, not being in compliance to these regs yeah yeah that's that's worst case scenario absolutely gosh um yeah so much is going on there there's so many moving parts i felt like mm -hmm. i needed like a, a visual flow chart or a powerpoint <laughs> to, to go through all that so lots of regulations lots of rules here in our industry and that's just the security aspect um, so while we are what I would consider kind of overregulated, but um, we're, we're evolving overall and we're now seeing more multi-state operators or MSOs, as we like to call them in alphabet soup, um, they're emerging. So, you know, what used to be just small mom and pops, now they are, you know, they have 18 stores or they're in, they're in five states at this mm -hmm. point. So, do those MSOs, these multi-state operators, the big boys there, do they have specific trends and designs uh, relating to the security there uh, when they're when they're moving into multiple states, which, as you mentioned, uh, can have slightly different rules? Yeah, they absolutely do. And so several of the, the larger multi-state operators are, are, are currently Genetech customers. And what they do, one of the, the design trends um, to, that, to that point is that uh, they will establish a security standard that's based on the highest regulation and then implement that on all new locations that they go into, right? Whether it's a new cultivation center, whether it's a new production facility, or whether it's a new retail store. And by keeping that consistency, you know, their view basically is, hey, we've made this investment and we will be compliant in, you know, virtually every place that we would go. And uh, so that's one of the uh, one of the things that we see. One of the things we're also seeing, Bethany, um, bigger picture is that uh, they're, they're beginning to do their own uh, what we call a SOC, which is a security operations center where they themselves can monitor all of these remote locations, um, you know, across one state or across multiple states simultaneously, right? Wow. So 
if, if there's a panic alarm pushed right by an employee, maybe it's a holdup or, you know, if it's something as simple as a camera down, they get that Im immediate notification and they can act on that. Right. And we have uh, within security center, our, 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 our command center product, um, the ability to automate those responses right hmm. so if if you were to have a camera go down well that could automatically generate a ticket to whoever their their system integrator is that hey this camera's out um we verified that uh, it's a malfunction and it needs to be replaced dispatches that service call without any human interaction or time delay likewise if it's something like an armed robbery that's going on where an employee's pressed a, a panic button yes. that can automatically dial the police right and hmm. and you know, send, uh, you know, visual information like a snapshot of the, the, the robbery in progress to the local uh, law enforcement jurisdiction. So some really cool stuff. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can see like a, a malfunctioning camera. You wouldn't want it to interrupt your dinner plans or anything, but um, sure, some kind of criminal activity, some kind of holdup or or theft or or worse, you know, God forbid, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, having having automated reactions for those can save lives. Absolutely. Um, so we've got just three minutes or so here before our next commercial break. And I kind of want to touch briefly on these unified security systems for mm -hmm. these for these MS MSOs, but companies that are, you know, moving into the, the next step of business, which can be mergers and acquisitions, kind of seems to me like that makes this whole thing a little bit easier as well when you've got a standard. Oh, it absolutely does. Um, so, you know, I, what we see bigger picture um, in the, in the cannabis industry is, you know, let's say you're a brand new operator and, and you put in uh, to get your license in a new state, you know, where it's just been legalized. Um, you got one of two directions that you're going to go. You're either going to be growing the business, right? You're going to take your cultivation center and, you know, you're going to establish production and, you know, depending on if uh, the store, um, the given state requires, you know, that, uh, that, you know, your, your retail store only gets it from, from your, uh, crop your cultivation center, then you're going to want to have additional retail stores. You want to expand and grow your your enterprise business. Um, the other avenue is you've opened it up, and then a multi-state operator, you know, eventually is going to come in and give a valuation for your business and look to acquire you. And that's another direction we see, especially as the federal legalization, uh, you know, evolves. Right, you're going to see the MSOs looking to acquire more. You know, as opposed to, to, you know, building from the ground up, if you've got a good operator in a state, they're going to look to, to make that acquisition. So that's where this really starts to come into play, because when you're making a valuation of a business, you're looking at all aspects of it. And one big aspect is how much money do I have to spend to get the uh, security system up to our standard. And if this particular operator has bought, you know, something that, you know, is multiple disparate systems, you know, it's a, uh, an inexpensive access control, uh, you know, a, a lower in video system. Well, that figures into the valuation of, of how much they're going to be off. And, you know, while it's it's interesting to watch the United States operate on this state by state basis, uh, in some cases, we do see new states looking to states that have already passed laws and maybe trying to replicate that because it's easier if it's working. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Um, but, you know, there are some states that just want to go their own way. So there's there's this mismatch 
of requirements, but we as an industry, I think, uh, on the inside are starting to really get that even though the laws are different from state to state, there is going to be a standard that comes into place that we'll have to meet eventually. So finding that comfortable spot, I think, is where we're, we're looking as well. Okay, let's take our last commercial break, and then we'll be right back and wrap up our chat with Scott from Genetech. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. We've been chatting with Scott Thomas from Genetech about the landscape of security in the cannabis industry and how how really sophisticated it's getting as, as the laws are keeping us uh, compliant, <laughs> uh, but also uh, how it could impact the growth of our industry as well. And speaking of the growth of our industry, you had mentioned the Senate draft bill that was introduced recently in the middle of July. Um, that is still in draft format, actually, but it's super exciting to see the Senate doing something uh, as the House of Representatives is typically typically been um, the government body making most of the waves in cannabis policy reform. Uh, the Safe Banking Act, Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, of course, being one of the big ones that NCIA focuses on as well. Um, but now we're seeing this CAOA uh, bill that the, uh, the draft bill that the Senate has uh, introduced, and they are accepting public comment on this until September 1st. So of course, NCIA's government relations team in Washington, DC, NCIA members are probably familiar with Michael Correa and Michelle Rudder Freeberg in our DC office. Uh, they are on top of this. I've been talking with them for a couple of weeks. They're taking their highlighter pens and going through that very, very thick draft summary. Um, and, and what they're seeing is it's very thoughtful. Um, so that's really good. But anyway, we're, we're going to be submitting our comment as NCIA uh, to this as well. And any NCIA members um, that would like to learn more about it or add to the public comment narrative that we're sending, please reach out to our government relations team, Michelle at thecannabisindustry.org. Uh, she'd be happy to chat with you more. What, what are you seeing um, just generally with, with 
you know, five, six, seven years ago, there was maybe one or two cannabis bills. And now there's a long list of cannabis bills in the House and now both the Senate. What are, what are you seeing um, just big picture for the cannabis industry? Uh, big, big picture, um, you know, and again, the views I'll express are my own, but I think that <laughs> probably within five to, to eight years, you'll probably see at minimum 40 states where you will have, um, you know, legalization, either for medicinal purposes or recreation. Uh, to me, it again, it's, uh, I keep drawing back on the years, uh, 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 you know, when, when gaming um, started to, to, to explode. States looked at it as a way to, uh, you know, enhance tax revenue. Uh, you were giving the people what they want. Why make people fly to either Jersey, you know, Atlantic City or, or out to Vegas, right? When, you know, you might as well keep that money, uh, money in, in state and in town. Mm -hmm. and I think for the most part, that's been successful. You just look at the number of casinos there are around the country and every place that, that gaming is, uh, you know, uh, not only uh, available for, for the folks locally that live there, but it becomes a tourist attraction, right? Uh, and, you know, a lot of, lot of towns that uh, have really grown, uh, you know, using that as, as one of the draws to, to get people to come out, right? And mm -hmm. I, I think the cannabis industry is going to go the same way. Um, you know, why would, uh, you know, you have a state right next to you that's, uh, that's bringing in all of that money and tax revenue uh, and, and just sit on your thumbs and not do anything. So big picture, uh, we think it's, it's going to grow substantially. And that's why we want to be there to try and help as many of the, uh, uh, the operators and, and multi-state operators that want to grow when, when that becomes legalized in those areas. Excellent. Yes, there's definitely some new emerging markets. And of course, I have to mention NCIA's trade shows. I'm excited to travel again after, gosh, it'll be about a, at least a year and a half at that point um, by the time we get back to the expo floor for our next trade show, September 22nd and 23rd in Detroit, Michigan. That was a big state to legalize. Our Midwest Cannabis Business Conference will be in Detroit in September, MidwestCannabisBusinessConference.com. And of course, the East Coast has been moving right along recently as well. So we'll be hosting our Eastern Cannabis Business Conference in early December, December 7th and 8th in Baltimore, Maryland. I get to go back to Maryland where I'm from and say hi to my people. Um, and then a week later, we're heading to the other side of the country for our seventh annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. That's the big one. That's our big, big national show. And that'll be in San Francisco at the Moscone Center on December 15th, 16th, and 17th. And I look forward to seeing you and your team at one or all of those shows, hopefully, Scott. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna end the year on on a really good note after after those three conferences that we're hosting, bringing the whole cannabis industry together in one place. I'm excited. How about you? Yeah, uh, I think that sounds great. Uh, you know, we have a uh, a users group. Um, uh, per se of uh, different uh, cannabis companies and organizations. Um, and we've done several different roundtables and pan panel discussions, along with uh, a gentleman who's uh, 
pretty well you know, recognized from a consulting standpoint in helping um, these folks, uh, you know, that are, are just starting in these new states, uh, get through the reg and get their applications processed through. So, you know, we would love to have an opportunity to to share all that information with all the, uh, the listeners on this podcast, as well as the attendees at your conference. You betcha. Well, Genetech's website is G-E-N-E-T-E-C.com. Is that right? That is. And if you uh, if you put a slash in there and put cannabis, you'll see our, our full portfolio, as well as, uh, you know, all the collateral that we've uh, put together to uh, to help these folks, uh, you know, as they're making their their business decisions. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time today, Scott. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.